If you have your Bible, open up to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. You know, going out to the prison yesterday, um, amazing how God how God can humble you. You know, a lot of times we look just because people are in there that, you know, they're awful people and we're not, and uh, they have issues that we don't and all that. And uh, I told my wife today, I said, it's crazy, we, have, we actually have inmates sending tithes to our church. While they're in there, and uh, I had an inmate come up to me yesterday. His name is Mike. He's from Iceland. And, um, you know, not everybody's in there because they, you know, willfully did something awful. Sometimes you end up in there because you drank and had a car wreck and killed somebody. And so, anyhow, he's in there, and... Uh, uh, I'll just tell you a story real quick while I'm turning here. I won't give you the whole story, but he comes over here. He don't know the Lord, and he's married and got a couple of kids, and and uh, <clears throat> he ends up in there. And I think that was what one of the things that happened. I think is, is he got involved with alcohol, and somebody got accidentally killed, and so he ends up in the penitentiary for a good while. And uh, he he actually, I hope I tell you the story right. I think I'm right. Um, he actually, when we started going out out there, uh, was was done made a sheet up fixing to hang himself, and he heard the boys' song, uh, "Hold On, Joe." And uh, after that, he came to chapel and he gave his life to Jesus. And uh, boy, the Lord got a hold of him. And anyhow, he was talking. We become good friends, and we was talking to him and. Uh, a couple of, two or three months ago, my, my wife was having some health issues, and, and I, he asked me, and I was like, you know, pray for my wife. You want to pray for something? Pray for my wife. She's having some health issues. And it was about like that. It was about all I said. That was three months ago. They were on lockdown for 40 days, so we didn't get to go out there the last couple of months. And I went out there yesterday, and, and uh, Mike was the first one to me. He talked to me for a little bit, and he said, so how's your wife? And I said, I couldn't even, I couldn't even really remember, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I remember. Uh, I said, she's doing way better. Health's doing good. God brought her through all that stuff. And he said, that's awesome. He said, I got together with uh, several other guys here, and we fasted for her for three days. It's like, man. Sometimes, sometimes we can learn a whole lot by people that we don't think a whole lot of if we'll listen. There's a lot more. A lot of people in there are a whole lot more free. I agree with Jacob, a whole lot more free and a whole lot more in tune with God than people who have the freedom to serve the Lord however they choose. So looking in Mark chapter 2, I think we're going to put it up here in case you don't have your Bible. Mark chapter 2, starting off in verse 1, says, And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. 
And then they came to him bringing a paralytic or a crippled person who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, sons, your sins are forgiven you. Some of the scribes who were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? That'll tell you who Jesus is. But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you might know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He, <coughs> he said to the paralytic, excuse me, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he rose, he took up the bed and went out of the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we have never saw, we never saw anything like this. So I want to talk to you this morning about bringing people to Jesus. Three of you are excited about that. All right. So, when you look at a church, you know, the, the, the purpose of a church is not simply, number one, the church is not a place. It's a people, and I'm, I'm going to preach to the church this morning, okay? It's a people who have been born again by God's Spirit. You believe the gospel. You're born again by God's Spirit. Your sins are forgiven. You've been made new. And, and you have come together in a, in a community. Church is a community. The Bible calls it a body. The Bible calls it a spiritual building. Where God's people come together for the purpose to edify, to encourage, to worship, to invest in one another, and to work together... To bring people to Jesus. That's the purpose of a church. If all you do is just come here and sit and listen and sing. And you're not involved with the people of this church body. And you're a member of this church. Then you're missing the whole point for which God has you here. You know honestly you can go turn on the radio and listen to a whole lot better preaching. And you can, you, can, you can listen to music and sing at your house by yourself. God never intended for us to have or live out an isolated faith. And church is not, it's not the place where you go, I'm having a lot of trouble, so now I'm going to go to church so that hopefully I can get some help. And then once I get help, I'll get on about my business. And so when you look at these, these men here in this, in this passage of Scripture... They give an excellent example that we can look at of how the church should function in bringing people to Jesus. And so here's the one thing I want to start. I'm going to bring out a few things here that hopefully you'll note down. And I want you to look at your own life and go, is this the way that I'm involved in my church? Number one, they were connected. They were connected by their faith and their hope in Jesus. Now, we don't know what their likes or dislikes were. A lot of people, you know, they, they, they try to connect. And, and I realize we, we in this church do life together. You know, whatever it is that you do that you enjoy, y'all know I enjoy hunting. There's a lot of us that hunt together or fish together, or maybe you, you know, ladies, maybe y'all gossip together. You know, I'm just, y'all shop together, man. Y'all, y'all are heavy this morning. Get up off of it, all right? 
But whatever it is you do. But here's the thing. That's not what connects us as a church. What connects us as a church is our faith and hope in Jesus. That we believe God's word. We believe Jesus. And, and we're all about that. We don't know what race they were. What age they were. What background they had. What we do know is that they believed the Lord. And they believed that if they could get their friend to Jesus, he would change their life. That should be what brings us together as a body in the church, that we believe Jesus, we believe His Word, and we believe if we can get people in contact with the Lord, He can change their life. That's our sole purpose here in a church. Being a part of a local church is supernatural. The Bible teaches it's, it's God who puts together the church. A church is a God-built community. A community of people. If you want to know the truth, the Bible points out that we're called family that's why we go around and say, hey, brother, hey, sister. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. More than just, hey, church members. You know, uh, somebody brought it out to me the other day. He said, you know, I, I think our church, you know, could use some work in the area of community. I said, I agree. So, you know, we went to the Brandon Lake concert. We went in there. There was, I don't know how many people was there. <clears throat> Three to 6,000. Who knows? But there was a bunch. And everybody was there. Seem to seem to love the Lord. You know, we, we, we heard some good speaking. If you want to call it preaching, you know, they spoke and talked about Jesus in between the songs. Everybody was worshiping. It was alive. It was an incredible concert. But I was not in community with anybody in there. We came. We all worshiped. We all, you know, did what the crowd did. And then we went on about our business. But as far as me being connected to or knowing anything about anybody in there other than the ones that I brought with me, I didn't have a clue. And some of you, now I'm not talking about new folk, but I'm talking about people who've been here for a long time. You are sitting in that place this morning. You come, you worship, but you ain't connected to anybody in here. You don't know half the people here and there is no community. God doesn't intend on that to be what a church is. God intends on us to be intricately connected, that we should have a vision of why we're here. And God, if you're here and you're a member of the church, God is the one who led you here. God is the one who designed and put you here. And you need to figure out why God has you here. And I'm going to help you figure it out this morning. And so in that, <clears throat> they were connected by three things. When you're a part of a church, you're connected by three things. Number one should be a love for Jesus, a love for one another. And a faith that we can bring people to Jesus, it changes their lives. It's more than just gathering to worship. It's more than just coming to hear, you know, a song. We're here to minister to one another, to come together using the gifts that God's Spirit has given us in order to bring people to Jesus. Now, I want you to think about this. We need to change our lingo because for years, you ask somebody what they're doing, you know, on a Sunday morning, if they're a believer, I'm going to church. Obviously, a lot of people today, that wasn't their plan. But for those of you here, if I would have called you, just want to say, hey, what are you doing today? I'm going to church. Maybe we need to change that to go, I'm going to care. I'm going to care. Because there's a lot of people, if you look in this passage of Scripture, it says there were so many people, there wasn't even room for them in the house. They were standing outside. And you know what they were there for? Well, I guess a lot of them was like some people, they were there just to see what was going on. But there was a lot of people there that needed ministering to there was a lot of people there that needed somebody that cared who could do something about their life. And Jesus is the one who was there doing that. He wasn't just doing it alone. He, was, he had obviously four other men who was wanting to minister to somebody who needed care. 
And God calls us to care about people. Y'all with me today? So the first thing that was connected. Now here's where I'm at. Let's just apply that. If you are not connected to a local church, a scriptural Bible teaching, Bible preaching church, and you're here visiting, we would love to have you here as long as you're not a troublemaker. If you are, we'll help you with that. But the point is like, we want to be a, I don't want just another person to fill a chair who shows up on Sunday and you don't ever hear from them, you don't ever see from them, they don't, you don't know them, they don't know you. Where we go there, I, I hate to say it, a lot of this is my fault, I'll be honest. There's people I meet like, hey, how are you doing? Me and public, like, I'm a member of your church. Like, I had no idea. We've only been there three years. When you get to a large crowd like this, not that we have a large crowd this morning, but normally we do, when you get that many people go, it's hard, I agree, to keep up with everybody. But in this text, you'll see there was not one man carrying, there was four. God calls every one of us, not just the, the leadership, not just the pastors or the teachers or the, you know, the people that hold positions, but God has placed you here because there's somebody here that needs your care. And so if you're not connected, you need to get connected. And it's more than just coming up here and writing your name on a list. I don't even know if, if you know if the whole list thing was in the Bible. I know that there is church membership. It's scriptural. Because you enter into, when you join a church, in case you don't know what you're doing. Say, so what do I need to do to join a church? Why do we have to walk up there? Why do y'all do this? Do we vote on you? No, we're not voting on you. You're entering into a covenant with this body of believers to say... I am a part of this body. I am accountable to this body. And I'm under the authority of this body. But I'm also under the care of this body. Now that's scriptural. That's what the Bible teaches. And that's why you become a part and a member of a church. And if you're not, you either need to find where God wants you to be. If it's not here, you need to find the church that God wants to connect you to. And then you need to be a part of it. Second thing is they care. You know, there's another connection here in this passage of Scripture, not only the connection that they had in their faith, but there's a connection between the heart and the eyes. Here's the thing. When the love of God abides in you, and He opens your eyes to the needs or to the conditions of other people, if you're a child of God, you naturally, or if you want to use the word supernaturally, care. If you don't care, When you see people's needs, when you see lost people, I'm not just talking about physical needs, but when you see lost people, when you see hurting people, when you see people who are going through all the wretchedness that all of us have to deal with in this life, when you see people who do have physical needs, and you're a Christian, or you say that you are, and you just bless them and walk on by, and you don't get involved, and you don't care, then according to James chapter 2, you're not a Christian. According to the Bible, the Bible says faith without works is dead. Just because you're a member of the church, well, I am a member of the church. I walked up there, I did the whole handshaking and the praying, and, and I'm a member of the church. Do you care about anybody in here? Because there's a whole lot of care that needs to be done. I can promise you that. I can look over the crowd, and I know a whole lot of people here who are going through a whole lot of stuff right now. And there's a lot more people that I don't even know that are going through stuff. And I want you to know the reason that the leadership of this church is here is because we do care. We do care. And we want good for you. More than anything else, I want you to know Jesus. But I also want you to have the life that he has for you. I want you to have, if you're married, I want you to have a great marriage. 
I want you to have what God has for you. I want you to have thriving relationships with people in this church and people outside of this church. I want you to know the promises of God's word. I want you to know the commands that Christ gives us so that we can be obedient and see the blessing of God in your life. I want your kids to be raised up knowing that God is who he says he is because he sees it in you and the way that they're raised. And that they have a hope that goes far beyond what the world is raising kids to do. And there's a lot of things that, that I care about. And there's a lot of things I know that you care about. And you desire that. <clears throat> and it's called caring and compassion. But here's the thing. In our society, most people care about themselves. A few people. Especially people they can benefit from. But when you look at this, the difference here is. This doesn't imply that these four men that was carrying the bed of this cripple. Doesn't say that they were family. We didn't say they were a brother and dad, a cousin. Doesn't say that, that they had any benefit from him whatsoever. He was a poor beggar. In those days, that's what he would have been doing. They wasn't going to scratch his back and him scratch theirs. Wasn't like, hey, if we help him out, he's got a thousand acres of river bottom that he's going to let us hunt on. He's got a big, nice lake he'll let us go in and fish. You know, i, I got to figure out what women do. He's got, you know, he owns Walmart. He'll give us a break on shopping. Hunt too, all right. But y'all know what I'm saying. I'm not being disrespectful to women. You know, he'll give us 50% off Mary Kay. I don't know what y'all do. I'm just playing. But the, but the point is, in our society teaches you to, oh, we care. We care when it benefits us. And that's just saying, I care about me. I care what I get out of this deal. I care what I make out of my investment in this. Whereas the care that the Lord wants you to show and the compassion that God has for us, there's no benefit to us whatsoever. You know, and there are times, here's the thing, they carried this dude. We don't know how far they carried him, probably a long ways. We don't know how much he weighed. There's a difference between carrying somebody like little skinny. You know, who knows what the burden was these men had to bear. They might, this dude weighed 300 plus, they really loved him. Man, y'all are terrible this morning. Like, oh, is that politically correct? Yeah, people are fat. Look at me. All right? There's a difference between you carrying Chase Lomax and carrying me. You're going to have to have a whole lot more love. And so in that, here's the thing. There's times where all of us have to be carried. All of us have to be carried. And I, there's times when, when we're crippled in our walk with God, where we've been crippled by, you know, in our marriage. Nobody here has this perfect marriage where you don't have trouble. You might try to sell it on Facebook, but ain't nobody buying you junk. Every one of us go through times where we're crippled by our marriage. We're crippled by something that with our children. We're crippled by a fall to sin. We're crippled by a loss in our family. And it's in those times where the church should excel and exceed in caring and going beyond to go, I want you to know you have somebody that's carrying you. When you can't walk. That's what God calls us to do. And that's what care looks like. I am so grateful. That I have been crippled. Many a times. In my life. By most of those things that I just talked about. And there's been several of you. Not all of them. But several of you. Who come alongside me. And come alongside my wife. Come alongside my family. And you carry us through a season. I'll just share it with you. And, and I'll give him a little you know, when we, when we left Denson Springs, we went over to, to Wales, in the belly of the whale. 
Not the church. Well, the people were great. We just wasn't where we needed to be at that time in life. Okay? That was one of the most, that was one of the most darkest times of our life. Because we left, we left home, we left our church family, and we went to a place. And even though it's only 45 minutes, it might as well have been 45 days away. And we didn't know anybody there, and we didn't have anybody there. And at that point in time at that church, I don't think they really wanted to know us. So it was like a bipolar thing. And I remember I'd been there about a month. And I knew I'd done made a mistake. And I was sitting there in the office one Sunday morning. There's an office in the front of the church. And I was sitting there. I was broken before God. It's like, God, please have mercy for this decision that I've made. And I honestly, God looked up and really drove up in the parking lot. He thought I was crazy because I'm outside. Praise God. Somebody's here to carry me. And that brother's always been there to carry us. Him and his wife. And I'm so grateful for that. And God wants you to be one who goes, you know what? I'm not here to judge you when you fall. I'm not here to kick you while you're down. I'm not here to tell you, you know, get over it. Because you're going to be crippled one day. And you're going to need somebody to come along and go, hey, you carried me. I'm going to carry you. Or somebody's carried me, so I'm going to carry you. That's what the church calls to do. So they were connected. And they cared. Give me just a second. I told you I was going to get some handkerchief. He was giving me a signal. He had the box out. But then, here's what I want you to get. Third thing is they each grabbed a corner. You know, a crippled man would have remained crippled if no one's willing to grab a corner of your bed. Lost people stay lost. Hurting people stay hurting. Marriages fall apart. Fatherless stay fatherless. You know, that's great that we've got this ministry going. I love it. I want to promote it. we got t-shirts. we got hats. We've got a leadership team set up. Grateful for that, the people who are involved. we got everything organized and ready. we got videos. we got presentations. We've heard testimonies. You know, next Sunday is going to be an opportunity for you men. If you just want to dabble in it, let me clarify this. You're not making a commitment, but next Sunday you'll have an opportunity after church to come and hear it out. So please be praying about that because here's the thing. We can do all of what we've done. And we can even go, oh, did you hear those statistics this morning? It's terrible. It's true and it's terrible. And if you don't step up and if I don't step up, the fatherless will stay fatherless. And the statistics will continue to go. Just because you go, oh, I feel bad and shake your head in line. In our, in our, in our culture, it's like in the church, we just go, hmm, we've done something. Oh, I'm going to pray. Like, what, what are you praying for? Well, I just want to pray and know if it's God's will for me to help the Father. Let's just open up the Bible. Isaiah 117, I believe it is. It tells you clear. Also says in James, pure religion, true and undefiled is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows. I don't have to pray about certain things. I just read it and obey. But the point is, babies continue to be aborted. Hungry people starve. Evil continues to prevail. And here's the truth. You can care and still make no difference. We can look over the church and go, you know, there's people who are, who their marriages are falling apart. Their kids are in trouble. Families here who have, you know, kids in the prisons. We can look out there and go, you know, society's awful, all this kind of stuff. And we can go, man, that just bothers me. And I'm, I have compassion for that. And I just, I feel it. That's called caring. But here's the thing, you can care and still make no difference. Let me illustrate. 
Some of you will go home today. You'll put on your jersey, whatever it is. If it's blue and whatever color they are now, probably a waste of a good material. <laughs> like stir y'all up at least a little. You'll put on your jersey. You'll spend three hours watching the pregame, the real game, and the postgame. You'll you'll do what I, I used to do, and you'll you'll get all stirred up. You'll talk to the TV. You'll gripe at the referees. You'll lose it and spill popcorn or pizza or whatever it is you got going on with your kids in the living room. You'll have a great time. You'll, you'll sit there and comment tomorrow and the rest of the week about what they should have done. And here's the thing. You'll make no difference at all. You will make no difference. You can Facebook because I see some of your comments. You can Facebook about what the Cowboys are doing or, or what this other team is doing or what this team. You can talk about what they should have done, how they got robbed by the referee, how they need this new coach or a new quarterback. You can have it all up here and you can know the stats and you can quote it and you can speak it and you can cheer it and you make no difference whatsoever. You do those things because you care. You really care who wins. Some of you really care. Brent Claus used to overcare. That's why I loved it because I could just barely gig him and he would get swollen up. And he finally said, I, I just had to walk away from it. But here's the truth. In that situation, you're just a caring spectator. You can be a caring spectator in the church. You can hear the message and you can be like, Amen. People are going to die and go to hell if they die without Jesus. We need to do something. Amen. I believe the gospel sets people free, saves them, raises them to life, gives them a hope. They're saved, eternally bound to heaven, and now they've got God's purpose in their life. Amen. It means I agree. I care. We can show videos, and you can cry, and you can pray, and you can do all that. But if you aren't doing anything, if you aren't engaging, if you aren't grabbing a corner, you're, you're making no difference. You're, no matter how feel how burdened you are, how much weight that you feel like you've got, how concerned, how much you cry, how much, if you are not caring enough to get involved and to grab a corner of the bed, then you're simply a caring spectator. You know, the question is not, do you care? I'm, I'm dumb enough to think you do. If you didn't, I would, if I didn't think you cared, I wouldn't be here wasting my time. I do think y'all care, and a lot of you care. But the question is, do you care enough? Do you care enough? Do you believe enough? Because the Bible said Jesus saw their faith. They just didn't walk by this dude who was crippled and go, you know what? I believe God could heal this dude. And walk on. I don't know if they knew him. I, I believe they did. I believe they come together and like, you know what? We've been seeing this Jesus man do a whole lot of stuff. We've seen him give... Legs to another person. We've seen him raise the dead. We've seen him. Maybe, maybe, maybe they had been the ones who had been healed by him. You know, something happens to a person to where you really start to believe when you yourself have been touched. When you yourself can stand there and say, you know what? I used to be a hellish idiot who loved sin, who walked in a pathway of destruction and made a lot of people miserable. And then somebody cared enough to carry me to Jesus. So I can tell you that's why I so bad want to pick up my corner goal. We're going to get you there. And like that song says, if we have to, we'll tear the house down. 
Because he can change you. I just want to encourage you. Here this morning, I want to carry you there right now. I'm picking up my corner. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care where you are, how dark it looks, how depressed you are, how miserable your life is, what sin has dealt you. If we can get you to Jesus, he can change everything. Everything. But here's the thing. It's sad but true. There's a lot of people who've been carried by others. You can look back on a time in your life where you was lost. This is where it's going to get kind of convicting. You can look back on a time in your life. If you're here and you say, I'm a born again believer. And I'm thankful for the ones who carried me to Jesus. You can say, I've been saved. God's, God's changed me. Maybe it was maybe your marriage was, was on the rocks. Maybe it was like at the end and all of a sudden somebody carried you to Jesus. And like, this is what the Bible says. This is the hope of what you got. He fixed mine. He can fix yours. Y'all believe that? All of a sudden, you was reconciled. Your marriage is good. Maybe you were sick. We prayed with you. We carried Jesus. God healed you. Gave you a new hope. Maybe you had a, a, a wayfaring kid who was out there doing crazy stuff. And the church carried that kid to Jesus. And now he's on track or she's on track. You had your crippled bed. And all of a sudden, people carried you to Jesus. And Jesus changed your life. But you've turned your bed into a lounge chair. Like, all right. Everything's better. Marriage is good. Kick back in the pew. We're going to be a caring spectator. Hold on a second. Jesus told the man, take up your bed and walk. Take up your bed and walk. He didn't say, turn it over and make it into a pew where you can relax now. He said, if I've touched your life, I want you to go out and I want you to bring people to me. I want you to grab a corner of the bed. I guarantee you, you can find three other people that will carry it with you. You know, most of us right now, we don't pick up a corner if we're going to be honest. And then I preach to myself, it's because our hands are already full. Most people, when you start talking about it, and I just want to clarify, I'm not trying to guilt anybody into anything. No, I don't want you to feel bad. Oh, man, he really made, he really made me feel bad this morning, so I'm going to do something. That, you miss the point if you got that. I'd rather you not do anything than be motivated by me. Okay. But what I do want to do is I want to deal with reality because we want to be real here. Most of us, when you start talking about investing in somebody else, showing that you care, ministering to people, that kind of stuff, it takes time that most of us don't have. Can I get an amen on that? If we're going to be honest, the reason that I don't offer up my hands is because my hands are already full. Full of what? Full of work, extra work, more work. Come on, we're a blue-collar church. Guys, I know what y'all are doing. You know what I'm doing. Sometimes when people go, hey, Pastor, everybody wants to give me these new ministries, and I'm good with it. Hey, Pastor, I got a ministry I think you ought to try. Well, hold on a second. My hands are full. Maybe God wants you to try it. But the first thing, honestly, I start thinking of is, how in the world, how in the world am I going to do this? I've got so much going on and this and that. And, I, and even though you want to do it, and I'm not just talking to me, I'm talking about you. And it ain't just ministry. Our hands are full of, we, we, well, we got work and, and then we got some side work and we got some side of the side job that we're doing because we got these things going on in our life. And I realize it takes a lot to make it. We're full of, our, our hands are full of entertaining things. Have church gone today because our hands are full of entertaining things. And that's okay at points in time. I wasn't here last Sunday. I was hunting last Sunday morning. Judge me if you want to. Your business. So I'm not condemning, but I am saying there's a lot of things in our life. We have a whole lot of entertainment. 
Our lives, our hands get full of mischief and meaningless things. And for most of us, we could just say, it's just full of weight. I've got so many things that I'm holding on to in my life. I'm so busy and I'm committed and I'm going here and I'm taking kids here and I'm going there with the wife and with the husband and with the guys and, and we're doing this and we're involved in this and we're starting our fourth business and, and we've got all this, you know, Pastor. And I realize that God, you know, wants us to, to do these things. But I really, when you start talking about serving, I start thinking about finding that other church God is leading me to. You know, I just, I go to church and I kind of feel that, and I do care, I do care, but I just can't. Let's go, there's got to be an answer to that. Otherwise, hurting people still hurt, marriages still fall apart, lost people die and go to hell. Because that cripple would have laid there and stayed crippled and he'd have died crippled if four men didn't care enough to go, you know what, we're going to put down some weight. I think every one of us could lose some weight, amen, <laughs> right before Thanksgiving. Y'all, I thought y'all would like that. <laughs> I want you to look at some Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to put it up here if we can. Can we do that? Did you get that? Oh, yeah. Look at this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, is talking about all the people who have put down their weight, all the people who have made sacrifices so they could reach and care and show compassion and serve the Lord. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Every one of us have a race to set before us. God has a path for you. He's got a plan for you. And that path and that plan is all about caring and serving other people because you love. And we can continue to say, well, my hands are full and my hands are busy and, and all of that. But, but here's my question. Is it possible? Is it possible for the love of Jesus because of the goodness of God in your life? For the love of your family and your community? Maybe you could lose some weight. Maybe you could go, you know what? I'm tired of making excuses. I'm tired of, I'm tired. Because somewhere along the way, it's called sacrifice. It's called, you know what? There's probably something that I could put down to give 30 minutes a week to invest in somebody that'll make an eternal difference, that'll make a generational difference, that could save a life, that could change a marriage, that could change the direction of somebody. You know, you got to determine what your weight is and how you're going to lose it. But here's the thing. You don't even got to know the hows or the wins. Here's the thing. Because a lot of you go, I need to know what, what you're talking about and the details. I'm not, I'm not talking about anything specific. I don't have anything in mind. I just know there's a lot of hurting people and a lot of lost people and a lot of chaos going on in churches, in our community. And the Lord's like, I've given you everything you need to bring salvation, hope, life, healing, peace, restoration, redemption. I've given it to you. The question is, will you put down what you're holding on to so you can pick up your corner and go, I'm going to carry somebody to Jesus this week. You know what father, You know what fathers in the field is? It's like, you know what I'm going to do? I realize it's going to be a little bit of a sacrifice just a little bit of time and i might even spend some time with this kid where i could be spending time with my kid i don't think your kid is going to miss out take them together but here's the point you might radically alter 
their eternity, their life, their generation. You might be the one that God uses for 30 minutes a week to give a kid hope. Instead of me preaching to them in the prison later. And some of you might say, well, why would we do that? It's called surrender. It's just surrender. That's all it is. That's all I'm, I'm asking you to consider this morning. Not for me. Before the Lord, for the people God wants you to use to show care to, to where you just go, God, I don't know the details. I don't have it all worked out. I don't know the whens and the hows and whys. But you know what? When we lift up our hands to the Lord, I just want to surrender. God, you know what? I'm willing to cut this, or I'm willing to put this out of my life, or I'm willing to, I'm willing to sacrifice a little time watching the Cowboys today so that I can invest in somebody and show that I care. That will make an eternal difference instead of... Whatever, what else that makes. Say, why would I do that? Here's why I do it. Because Jesus said, greater love has no man than this than he laid down his life for his friends. Greater love has no man than this than he laid down his life for his friends. You know, talk about letting go. Jesus himself let go of heaven. He let go of glory. He let go of comfort. He let go of constant worship. And you know what he did? He didn't pick up a corner. He picked up a cross and he carried the weight of my sin. So that I could stand here and tell you, I'm forgiven, I'm free, I'm alive, I'm new, I'm holy before the Lord, I have a great hope, I have a home in heaven, I got a God who loves me, I got a Savior who walks with me, I got a friend that sticks closer than a brother, I've been given a family that I do care about, I've got a purpose, I've got a calling, I've got rewards waiting. I've got all that because Jesus carried my weight. And he let go, surely, surely I could let go of a weight. And I could pick up a corner and go, you know what? I'm going to help some of these people down here carry people to Jesus. It's the least I can do is offer in my hands. So I just want to finish up this morning with this. I know this is not a gospel message, but I do, I do want to give it to you. So what is this whole Christian thing? It's not about you coming up here and joining a church. It's not about being baptized. It's not about going through ceremonies. It's about what I just told you. You have a God who loves you as a sinner enough to give up everything, his life, pay for the penalty of your sins so that you could receive a gift of forgiveness and eternal life. And God saves you and keeps you here because he has something great he wants to do through you. It's called connecting and caring and getting involved with the people sitting in this building. That's why you're in this building, so that we can get involved with the people outside of this building and bring them to Jesus. Will you stand your head bowed and your eyes closed? Lord, I love you, and I thank you so much for my church family. Thank you for the potential. Lord, not only our church, but every church who will follow after you, who will answer that call to care in their life. God, I know we have so many things and so many excuses and so many reasons why we can't. Lord, I pray that we just surrender something today. God, we just surrender something today. Just to offer you up and go, God, if you can use my hands, use them. Or if you can use my mouth to bring somebody to you, use me. That I would go beyond just care and compassion. Lord, I would pick up my corner and I would carry it this week. Father, I just pray for someone here that's lost and doesn't know you. Lord, that they would know how much you love them. No matter where they're at, that you're willing to to take them to where they never imagined they would be. 
Lord, I just pray that you'd move in a mighty way in every heart here today and ask in Jesus' name, amen.